Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whether your business needs cars, vans, or larger commercial vehicles, you can rent from the best lineup in the UK with Enterprise. And with flexible long-term rental, you can get vehicles for as long as you need them, from minutes to months. Whatever the mission, Enterprise's mobility experts can build a bespoke solution to suit your business needs. Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, happy Tuesday, yeah. I am back. I can only apologise for leaving you like a child coming out of the school gates looking for its parents going, where are they? Where are they? But, you know, I would always be there for my children. I don't necessarily see you as my children. Although we're close, you know, we're close. But uh, you're not my children. Well, I mean, anyway, it doesn't matter. What a podcast we've got coming your way. And of course, well, not really, of course, you would not to know unless you've got the script in front of you, which I have. So it's, of course, for me, but not for you. Anyway, we begin with the angry, moany Simon Jordan. Looking back at the most boring Manchester derby in history. Not my words, even Pep Guardiola. Guardiola, no one really knows, he said it. It was a boring game, so I would not say the opposite. Well, everyone is agree about this game, so I could not say the opposite. Well, this is the former Palace owner reacting to the punditry of the game from Roy Keane and Gary Neville. Good luck with this one, Simon. I just thought it was cronyism. From, from Gary Neville was very robust, brilliantly robust, about calling out Mino Raiola for the, for, the, for the divisive slob that he is in terms of the situation surrounding Pogba. But I then, when it came to the, the, the real burning question of Manchester United and what's going to happen with Man United and how far they're going and, and how they'll take them, both Keane and Gary Neville disappeared back into the cronyism, used to play with him, used to you know, have a, a relationship with him and didn't really want to answer the question. And it sort of sat there. I text you, Gary, are you watching this bland nonsense? Mm. I know we've got better results against City over the last uh, year or so. We beat them three times last season. But this is probably the game with the most control and that I'm most pleased with. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer comes out and explains that game as one of the greatest performances Manchester United have put in against Man City and nobody challenges it. Leave off. Leave off. Mm. That was, uh, you know, that was drab, and, and and you're looking at two elite teams that have spent hundreds of millions of pounds on footballers on that pitch, and that is the fare that they serve up. If any, I if don't any... think it's good enough. Now you might have heard in yesterday's podcast, Alex Cook was not happy with Harry Maguire and John Stones hugging each other after the Manchester derby on game day. Cuddling, it was embarrassing. And do you know what? Modern football's rubbish. This was Rangers legend Ali McCoyst and Troy Deeney's take on this subject on the TalkSport Breakfast Show. The game's moved on. Let's be honest, the game has moved on. So <laughs> it's not as fierce a derby on the pitch as it, as it used to be as well. I think personally the game's done. There's nothing that can change at that moment. So an embracer, hope you're all right. I don't really see a massive deal with it. I'd be more worried if... 
I don't know, let's say United had won 2-0, John Sturge is hugging him and laughing and joking, then it would be a problem for me. Would you hug a Villa player post Yeah, if I know them. Yeah. I've hugged Jack. What about if you lost Oh, no, nah, at that point. We lost, yeah. we lost to him at Villa Park and they beat us 2-1 last-minute goal and I, I was trying to fight all of them. We had a brilliant relationship with the Celtic boys, but we, we were the opposite in, in the respect that I can remember we wouldn't look at each other in the tunnel. <laughs> I promise you, I couldn't even look left, Troy. I mm-hmm. couldn't even look left, right? We'd just go out and get the atmosphere and go on with the game. But see, after the game, absolutely. No matter what the result was, always shoot cans. But if you'd been beaten, you'd go off as soon as possible. You'd mm-hmm. shake hands, say congratulations, up the tunnel. That mm-hmm. was it. There was no hanging about or anything like that. No, before the game, there was very, very, you know, the words were few and far between. But certainly after it, absolutely, the boys were great. Now, there was sad news yesterday when it was announced that the former Liverpool and Aston Villa manager, Gerard Houllier, had passed away aged 73. He won five major trophies at Anfield, including the FA Cup, the League Cup, and the UEFA Cup in the 2000-2001 season. Three of his former players, Chris Kirkland, Darren Bent and Danny Murphy, paid tribute to the great man on TalkSport. He, he changed my career, Julio. He really did. He made me see football differently, the way I looked after myself, the way I conducted myself, intelligent man, warm, charismatic. And for someone who couldn't kick a ball straight, he knew his football. Sometimes he'd join in training and, you know, the lads would laugh when he'd try and ping a ball because he couldn't. But... In terms of knowing tactics, captivating a room, inspiring, he was brilliant. He was, he was a great guy. The first trophy we won, luckily actually, in the final against Birmingham. And we, we beat Palace in the semi. I played, I think I played every round. I scored two in the semi at home. And then I did my media ligament. Only tweaked it, but I couldn't play in the final. And then there was only medals for the lads who got stripped. We won on penalties, luckily. Andrew Johnson. celebrating without really being too involved because you haven't played yep. and I, I didn't get a medal and I thought you know what it's not, not the end I'm not big on medals anyway I know I'd com- contributed and he come up and he saw it this is why we were out on the pitch you know he could have been about himself first trophy for Liverpool he said you haven't got a medal have you I said no so he took his off and gave me his there and then now if he'd have done it after, as an afterthought a day or two later but to actually acknowledge it there and then you know, it was just just that touch of class again. I mean, I was with Gerard only a, a short time, but um, I mean, some of the, the impact that he had on me, not only on the pitch but off the field, was um, was a massive reason why obviously I left Sunderland to go to Aston Villa. I mean, the, the team was was good at the time, but just speaking to him, I only spoke to him before I signed for about ten minutes, and I knew that I wanted to play for him. I mean, you're talking about a man there that, as you said, knew his, his tactics, knew his football, but he knew he knew me at times on the pitch probably better than I knew myself. Um, as in regards to the way I played and, and what I brought to the team. So, I mean, the the, the world's have lost a, a great, great man, not just a great manager and a great tactician, but a great person as well. I did my leg down at Crystal Palace, um, my cruciate ligament. I sat next to the boss on the way back on the plane and he said, listen, you know, not going to forget about it. He says, what's your contract situation? I said, oh, I've still got four or five years left. He went, right, I'm going to give you a new contract tomorrow. I'm going to give you a new six-year deal. Oh, fantastic. And, and, yeah, Love he, that. He, did he did the same with Jamie Carragher when he broke his leg at Blackburn as well. He, he knew that, you know, it wasn't just 
sometimes when you're injured, a, a lot of managers don't want to know about them players mm. until the back. But he used to come down to the treatment room in the mornings, make sure everyone was okay, go into the gym to see the lads that weren't being able to train. He was just he, he was just a special man, and he's going to be really sadly missed. What you want as a manager is to make his players realize that they can be better tomorrow than today, and so forth. And and in fact. To do that, you need to have intelligent players ready to listen and to take on board and to apply what you ask them. Chelsea face Wolves in the Premier League tonight, looking to bounce back from the defeat to Everton at the weekend. Go on, the toffees. Ahead of the game, the manager, Frank Lampard, has been speaking to TalkSport's Ian Abrahams, a.k.a. The Moose, and he was asked his thoughts of London entering Tier 3. Frank was, not The Moose. And fans, once again, not being able to watch matches at Stamford Bridge. We are making it up as we go along, and that's not to sound critical. That's just a fact that we've never been in this position before. Um, and I think when you're talking about can you control the situation, if clubs can control it, I think they've shown it so far that they can. So I, I would like to have thought that there could be something done to make it exempt where we can get that 2,000 number in. But again, that's not that goes above my station. I'm just saying what I think. Chelsea win. And win in front of their supporters. Only 2,000 of them. Even though we're in Tier 2 and we've had fans in for a game already, I, I did feel that it should have been a level playing field for fans if uh, some clubs can have them and some can't. We've seen, I think, already or felt it on the pitch, the, the backing that they give you and what it does to the game. I think that should be pretty level. I also think that we can really, can, I'm not telling the government what to do, but control 2,000 fans coming into a stadium if they're coming from within that tier or whatever, however they want to do that, to keep things moving along. So it's unfortunate to say the least. Now we can hear from the boxing promoter Frank Warren. He was discussing the potential super fight between Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury. Really? I've heard this talk non-stop for about 10 years. Yeah, I know. It's getting a bit boring, isn't it? Anyway, Warren claims that Fury knows he can beat Joshua and he just wants to get the fight sorted now, but it's likely to take place away from the UK. Blah, blah. I've heard it so many times. Just get the fight on! He's always fancied it from day one. I mean, it's, it's a fight. He's, I mean, he's never wavered from thinking he can't beat him. He's felt that all the way through. You know, he's very confident, very, very confident for it. And just what we, you know, we just want to get it on, don't we? Everybody wants to yeah. see it. That's the biggest fight out there, and it's two Brits. You don't get no better than that for us, lot. Lineal heavyweight champion of the world, introducing the Gypsy King, Tyson. Tyson's got a good chin. He showed that against Wilder, who was the biggest punch in heavyweight in uh, recent times. Yeah. His best shot got to the floor twice in his first fight. In the second one, he got caught for a couple and just walked through. So he's got a good chin. I just don't see AJ outboxing Tyson Fury. He's got a better boxing brain, I think. Tyson's got a better jab. He's got better footwork and hand speed. So uh, I just feel that he's the, he's the better all-round fighter. I'm quite sure it'd be a two-fight deal. And as I say, it couldn't be on over here until this COVID thing's lifted. So, you know, as I say, it's all about where it can generate the most income. On to Arsenal now. And after that defeat to Burnley at the weekend, there was plenty of reaction to Mikel Arteta's future and the problems at the Emirates, leaving the Gunners five points away from the relegation zone. Here's the take of Dean Ashton, Arsenal supporter and, of course, Breakfast Show presenter Laura Woods and Watford skipper Troy Deeney. 
need to clear the air chat and for people that don't know what happens they're the uncomfortable conversations they're the times when things get thrown sometimes it gets a bit heated but afterwards it's perfect you see a reaction in training and lads have gone right he's called me out on x y and z i'm going to show him and i'm going to show you what i'm about and that's when you create a group that you know, ultimately get it together. Heading for four successive home league defeats, Arsenal, for the first time since 1959. They are incredibly committed to what we are trying to do. They are trying their best. Um, you saw how they play again uh, with the energy that they play. Players either don't like how he is away from the from the game and the way that he's treated maybe their teammates. Well, boo-hoo. This is a serious sport. You're getting paid well to do it. There's a certain standard you should be setting every single day, every single game. And I can still see the fact that he wants his team to be the opposite to what they were under under previous managers and give that team a real bit of bite and a bit of character within the side to go and defend properly. And Aubameyang was playing left side, but he was working back and he was also scoring goals. Where, where's all that suddenly gone? And Granit Xhaka is sent off and Arsenal are down to 10 men. Granit Xhaka's had numerous warnings before. He's had the, the wrath of Arsenal fans, whether or not you think that's his fault or not, what happened back then. He was the captain, he had it stripped off him. He was given numerous chances again and again. That moment, there, there's, there's literally no excuse for it. You can't even say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm having this issue and people on social media get to me and blah, blah, blah. You know, we've heard all that before. Don't don't throttle a player that actually wasn't even really involved and probably is one of the smallest players on the pitch. Like it was just such an odd it wasn't even a fiery moment of madness. There were two moments in that. You know, he had the opportunity to walk away. I'm hoping when you walk in he's there apologizing. I'm not saying this at all. I'm just saying if he's in there dressed and ready to go home, fireworks are happening straight away. If he's in there gutted, head down, sorry lads taking ownership of it it's a different kind of conversation and they're normally the two things that happen aren't they Ali there's there's either someone that's sat there still in all their gear and he's fuming or there's someone that's got showered and he's changed and you're like oh you ready to go home so there's, there's two different things that normally happen and staying with breakfast this is Troy Deeney and Ali McCoist on dealing with abuse from fans I remember receiving quite unbelievable abuse from Rangers fans I mean, abuse like you, you would not believe mm-hmm. during the game, right? And then I kept working away and I turned it round and I was very, very fortunate to, and still have to this day, a fantastic relationship with the Rangers fans. Mm-hmm. But I'll never forget the flip side of the coin. So that's how, in many ways, I wouldn't say I was lucky, but I can now take the rough for the smooth. You know, it doesn't affect me. Can we stop letting other people determine our happiness? Like, honestly... As a footballer, you don't play well. You know you're going to get stick. It's part and parcel. But when you do play well, I don't hear people saying, no, 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 stop telling me I'm great. Do you know what I mean? We've got rough with the smooth. It comes with it. And, you know, it is what it is. You can't be as opinionated, in my my opinion, as I am and not expect stick. When When players are winning or scoring or doing well, it's, let me post a picture, let me post that goal I scored, tell me how great I am. When they don't, they go missing. They don't post as much or they give the generic gutted that we lost today, fans were brilliant, try again next week. When you are in the dressing room, Mm -hmm. half-time, does anyone look at their phones? Do you ever see people Uh, going on their phones? Most clubs will have rules before the warm-up, no no phones at all. Would you? You're joking. No, I'm not joking. I'll tell you right now, if I was a manager and I saw somebody on the phone at half-time, 
Yeah. Oh, you kidding me on? Where it's, do you think I've got that from? That's that's come mm, from a dressing room no, because that happens. Ali, I'm with you. It, we we've had it for years that Whoa. you can't say the warm ups at twenty past by yeah. quarter past. Phones are off. Headphones are off. It's go. Yeah. It's go time. Time to hear now from the press box with Daddy Kelly, Martin Samuel, and the sons Sean Custers talking all things football. Manchester United should not be as erratic as they are. You shouldn't have... it. it they look... It's a strange thing. They look really um, undercoached. And that's a, it's a strange thing to think about a team because I'm not claiming to see training sessions or take training sessions or anything. But it all seems too random um, with Manchester United. And that's a, it's a very strange thing. It's almost as if they've got 11 players good players, a lot of them, and they go out there and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Oh, Maguire's left it, Kluivert's in and he's chipped it over the top of David De Gea and a Harry Maguire mistake may just have guaranteed that Manchester United are going out of the Champions League. Oh, there's got to be more direction than that, surely. There's, there's got to, even if, even if they're being directed badly, then all the results would be bad. But they're not all bad. They they go on these. They've gone a great run of away results in the league at the moment. And if if they were being directed really well, then they would be getting better results than they are. This constant sort of uh, boom or bust, this spike and then crash and oh we're out of Europe and but we started really well. It's all very very random, and I, I find that quite hard to explain unless. There is a lack of direction. Time now to check in with my show, Andy Goldstein's books about Monday to Thursday from 10pm. Of course, this is me and Cundy doing what we do best. Yes, make your own jokes up at home. What are you shaking your head for? You. What? I was hungry. You're late, you're eating, you're... you're I mean, you're breaking a lot of rules, this stinks. What rules lot am I of breaking? Rules. What rules? Name five rules I'm breaking. I didn't say five, lot. Right, well, how many do well, I you're clearing bits out of your teeth while you're speaking to me. That's, well, that's one. Disgusting, eating, just come in. Well, I'm not eating them now, am I? Your hair breaking all sorts of that. He's breaking a lot of rules. You're, you're drinking and slurping. Well, I'm drinking water. Bre- yes, yes, slurping. Have you not it? heard the breakfast show in Brazil? Uh, struggling, bad struggling. night last night. And you're slurping. Anything around. else? And you're late. I wasn't late. You, you were late. You were late. Say. <laughs> Now, before I go, let me just tell you about some stuff you can hear on TalkSport from 6pm on TalkSport 2. It's the PDC World Darts Championship. Live commentary from Ali Pally with Paul Nicholson, Chris Mason, Ian Danza and Mark Wilson. From 7pm, it's kickoff on TalkSport. That's presented by Hugh Wozencroft and all the goals as they go in on a busy night of Premier League and EFL action, including Danny Mills at Man City v West Brom. That's it for another Andy Goldstein's TalkSport Daily podcast. There will, of course, be another one of these out first thing in the morning, so do what you've got to do to download it for free as well. I will, of course, be back on that podcast if you get it in the morning and, of course, tonight from 10pm on Andy Goldstein Sports Bar. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from Talk Sport.
The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk.